and good morning and welcome today to our worship service, the memorial. We're happy to have the scouts with us and their leaders, and they're going to say a few words in a second. They're going to present the colors, and we appreciate already their help in ushering and uh, handing out bulletins and collecting food. And if you forgot to bring your food, you can bring it to the office tomorrow. They're also going to be a Valentine pancake breakfast coming up next Saturday. What is next Saturday? Valentine's Day. <laughs> Glad some of you know that. I asked that in the uh, early service, and no one said anything. I said, well, I guess all the sweethearts in that service are going to be missing out because they didn't know. It's Valentine's Day. So what I want you to do is, you know, be a big spender and come and have breakfast uh, with the scouts next Saturday morning at 7.30 in the Family Life Center. Today is library day. Look for Miss Beth after children's time to go to the library. Daryl Richforth, our missions team leader, asked me to remind you that the Redbird mission trip is coming up May the 3rd through May the 9th. As you know, Redbird Mission is a, a mission, uh, a, uh, a conference of our denomination in Appalachian Mountains of Kentucky. And Redbird serves uh, the less fortunate people that in that coal mining area. Memorial has sent a team last year, and will be sending a team again this year in conjunction with Aldersgate United Methodist Church. And so, but we'd like to get more people to come. If you'd like to be involved in that, if you'd let Daryl Richforth know, and I think there's something about this in the bulletin. The children's ministry area wants me to remind you. A couple of things. One, make a swish pictures are online. If you go to our online uh, web page, you will have see many pictures of the make a swish. And there's thanks uh, from the children to all who supported their mission and mission kids and uh, those who came and been part of the event. Kids, just remember that the regular Sunday night programs continue tonight. Love is in the air, it says. Be there. So that's because next Sunday, February 15th, is the children's annual Big Hug Sunday. That's when the children's Sunday school classes visit the adult classes to take a treat and show them some love. Love. So don't miss out. Come tonight and learn about what's going to happen next Sunday with that. Okay. Um, Mark. Do you want to say anything before we uh, present the colors? You come to the lectern and we make sure we're amplified. And, and I guess our troop leader is going with you. <laughs> okay. Oh, good and ready. Preparing. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. It is a true honor and privilege to be here today. We celebrate Scout Sunday in February because that's when Scout Sunday started. Actually, today is the 105th anniversary of scouting in America. So our timing was impeccable. We are very grateful to have a home here. This church is dedicated to the youth uh, of America second to none, first in your very active youth program, and second in your commitment to the Boy Scouts of America, first the troop, which we started meeting in the wonderful Rock House in August, and many scout masters are jealous of the facility we have. <laughs> and in January, Ramona started our Cub Pack. So your commitment goes too deep into Boy Scouts of America, and we greatly appreciate that. Again, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be a part of your church and participating in today's Scout Sunday.
pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. seated. Let me say one more thing before we begin our worship. We will celebrate the Girl Scouts also uh, as on a separate Sunday. They are a smaller group, but they will be bringing with them Girl Scout cookies. So, <laughs> there you go. So we, that will be coming up in March. Let's begin our worship together. Let us pray together. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. Grant that we, your people, by your word and sacraments, shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, so that Christ may be known. Amen.
let us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. Let our children come forward at this time for children's time. everybody. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, good morning. Okay. Um, today, Pastor Joseph is going to be talking about one word, and that word is worship. And he's going to be reading scripture that comes from the book of Mark. And the scripture that he will read will tell us about Jesus going around from place to place around Galilee, and he's going to be teaching and casting out demons and healing the sick. And then the people are all going to want to come and worship Jesus. What does worship mean? Okay. When you praise someone. Anybody else have any different ideas? The same thing, okay. I wrote down the word worship, and I want you to look at it and see if you see a four-letter word in the word worship that has to do with water. Oops, excuse me. Just say it. Ship, exactly right. And so I'm going to take that word ship and talk about it for just a minute. And I want us to think about ships being on the water and they're having a certain place to go. There can be big ships. We can have battleships. We can have cruise ships. We can have ocean liners. We can have all sorts of big ships. And you know, we can also have sad ones that, that got destroyed in the past. Okay. And we can have small um, vessels that need to be on the water called... That includes the Titanic. Yeah, it includes the Titanic. You're exactly right, Noah. And we can have motorboats. But before any of these ships, I don't care how big or how small they are, before any of them can go on their journeys and get to where they need to be, they need one thing. What do they need to move? Yeah. Well, they're on the water, but the ship itself needs something else. You're right. They have to have water. Okay, wind. But if it's real big, what does it need? It needs lifeboats. Okay, it needs lifeboats. But in order to move, what does it need? Okay. Need something else. I want to hear. Okay. 
Needs gas and fuel. Exactly. That's the word I was looking for. It needs fuel. Okay. If you've got fuel in those boats, then they're going to start moving in some direction. Otherwise, they might shipwreck or they would just sit idly on the water and just kind of move from side to side. Yes, yeah, some so of them might crack it half. That's right. Some might crack in half, and if it's a motorboat, it might just sometimes just wash over to shore. Huh? Or it might just get just It might just have a problem, right? Okay. Now, that's wonderful. No, I'm so happy that you're helping me. Um, let's think about all these people in church today as being some type of ship. Now, we as people need fuel just like the ships need fuel. But we need spiritual fuel. Look at all these people. We come to church on Sunday and we worship God. What do we do? What do we do when we get here for this hour? Right now you're in worship service. What do we do during that hour that we hear every Sunday? What's our spiritual fuel? How do we worship? What do we do? We pray and we praise, good. Every Sunday, what do we pray together? Say, just say it. We, okay, we praise God and we pray together the, the Lord's Prayer, okay? What else do we do during the service, during worship service? We do lots of things. We have Cub Scouts here today. We have Boy Scouts. What are they doing? They're collecting food for the needy. They're ushering. What else do we do? Come on, y'all talk to me. What do we do? You just come here and sit for an hour and don't do anything? What do we do? What have we just finished doing? Singing, exactly right. We sing hymns that have the word worship in them or worship the king. You boys may not know, but we all know that Mr. Don back here plays the organ, he plays the piano, he plays the harp. We have a choir director back here that Ms. Clark will let this choir sing beautiful music. All of this is a part of what? Worship, exactly right. It's all a part of worship. And we come to church to get our spiritual fuel so that when we're on our way through life, where do we all want to end up one day when our time on earth is done? That's exactly right. We want to end our trip in heaven. Isn't that wonderful that we're all going to be there together one day? So when you think of the word worship now, what four-letter word might you think of? Just say it, Sarah. Ship. And that ship's going to remind you that the ship needs fuel in order to move and get someplace. And all of us, like a ship, need what kind of fuel? Spiritual fuel. Yes, we do. You are listening. Good for you. Now, after I have the prayer, Pastor Joseph has already said that next Saturday is what? Yeah, you know that one. Valentine's Day. Exactly right. And Pancake Sunday, okay, next Saturday, okay. Um, so today, after I have the prayer, I'm going to give each of you um, a Valentine. So, you know I love to give those solar figures. So you're going to have a Valentine Cupid. And then I'm going to, if you're into sports, and I think you probably all are, there's a little plastic Valentine with a piece of candy in it. And it's got a little sports saying on it. So I will give each of you one of those after we have the prayer. And I want to be sure that we say part of our worship each Sunday is for all of us to listen mainly to who? Pastor Joseph, right, as he brings up sermon. All right, let's bow your heads, please. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for each boy and girl who has come today to worship in your house. We thank you for every person, child or adult, who has come today to worship in your house. Father, we ask that you be with each one of us throughout the week, and may we think about things that we can do to be kind to one another. We ask these things in thy name. Amen.
Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He, get, he gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars and calls them by, each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Singing, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain. He makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor the delight, his delight in the legs of a man. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you sit in heaven and you see all that you have made. You reign over all of creation and you never tire of caring for us, your children. We have gathered this day in your place of meeting and we lift up our eyes to you as we worship and sing and praise your holy name. We also humbly come before you, O Lord, offering our confessions and petitions. We must confess that even though we know you've given us a commission to share the good news with all the world, this message you entrusted to us, and yet we do not carry it out. We often uh, worry about our own message and ourselves instead of your message and you. Where we have sinned this week, O oh Lord, where we have not fallen under your favor, we pray and hope humbly that you would show mercy to us and that you would spare us and forgive us again. And may your spirit uh, help us to fulfill our mission. May that spirit give us the strength that where we're weak, that we might be strong to carry out your word and be those disciples you call us to be. This day, O oh Lord, we praise you and pray for many who are sick within our congregation and within our friends and family. We pray also for those who are brokenhearted, that you might bind up their wounds. Help us to accept your good and perfect will in this and all things, always remembering that a cure does not necessarily occur to wholeness is made in heaven. We praise this, you this day also for uh, those who lead our young men in scouting. We pray for each one. We pray and lift up to you the scouts who are participating in this Boys and Cub Scout troop. We pray that your hand would be with them and they would always remember as the pledge says under God that they always remember God and country is their most important work. We praise you, O Lord, for this congregation and for these folks here. We lift them up to you this day. May you supply them with their need. We come, O Lord, to you, the one who hears us and answers us. We are your humble children. We come in Christ's name and as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward.
Please be seated. Mark chapter 1, verse 29 through 39. This is what occurred right after what we read last Sunday and heard. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Now Simon is the one you know who Jesus later called Peter. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. And they told Jesus about her. So he went to her and took her hand and helped her up. And the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. And then... Very early in the next morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your words. But more importantly, we thank you for how you model to us uh, effective living. And help us to see by the help of the Holy Spirit how we can be living more effectively this day. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. It seems to me like when you just first read a passage like that, you think, oh, well, that's kind of cut and dried. But if you think about it for a little while, you study it a little deeper, I think you'll see several insights, several insights into the Lord's thinking about effective living. For the Lord Jesus, effective living begins with worship. Worship for Jesus was a place apart from the ordinary. It was a place that came out of the world into a place that's extraordinary. And coming into this place, into a place of worship, gave Jesus the strength he needed to go out into the world. For it says after worship they left and went into the world. They went into this, those places of need. And in this case, the need was Peter's mother-in-law who was sick. It's not hard for us to imagine that Jesus and the other disciples had planned to go there for their meal. And some maybe even suggest that Jesus was probably uh, wanted to heal her because the whole group was hungry. And as pleasant as that sounds, I believe there's a whole lot more going on, even though it does say that she immediately began to wait on them after she was healed. You see, what I think is going on is this, and we just said it in the Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, every time we pray that prayer, we ask for the Lord to provide us our daily sustenance, our, our daily bread, our daily needs to be provided. And that is not just so we'll be nourished and strengthened, but it's so that we will be able to nourish others. So when Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, it's an example of God providing for her daily need so that she in turn could provide for a need. You see, there is a connection a strong connection, I believe, in partaking of worship for us to be nourished and strengthened so that we in turn may go out into the world and strengthen those who are needy, who, are her, who need strength. So the first key, I think, to effective living is simply this. We must be strengthened by worship. When we are strengthened in worship, we can be more effective. So if we're strengthened in worship, we can go into the world in a place of need and meet people's needs. Now the second thing I want you to see in this, it's not necessarily that clear unless, you're, unless you understand uh, the Jewish traditions and, and religious practices of the day, but Jesus healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law on the Sabbath. You see, it was still the Sabbath. The Sabbath begins on the evening before and ends on the evening of the day. And it was still the Sabbath. It was after the main noon 
uh, meal or before the noon meal. Now this is in contrast to those that the Scripture says were brought to Jesus after sunset. You see, after the Sabbath would have been over and it would have been legally okay to heal somebody, you see. And Jesus gives us a clear lesson in His actions uh, and He models, I believe, effective living in another way when He shows her grace and heals her while it's still the Sabbath. Which brings, I think, a point that Jesus tried to make, and sometimes I think even in our time we get so legalistic we miss it, and that is that God's grace is always sovereign over God's law. Hear me this way, doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. Showing grace to others is never wrong. And I believe this is the second key to effective living. You see, we come into worship to be strengthened and nourished. But we also come into to worship and are reminded, especially through the sacraments, that we are receiving grace for the journey. That we have been shown grace. That we've been given grace. And by us receiving and understanding and knowing that, we should in turn, when we leave this place, offer grace to those we come across. Now, as I told you last week, it didn't take too long for the news about Jesus to spread. The Scripture describes that practically everyone in the village wanted to see Jesus. It's probably a wonder that Peter's mother-in-law didn't fall sick again when she saw the crowd at her door. But I want you to think about something. If those people who had been strengthened in worship and had heard Jesus, if they had left the building and never said a word about Jesus, then how did the people know about Jesus? You see, they were fired up about Jesus and they had to tell everyone they could meet. And when they did, these people showed up to see Jesus too. Which says to me that as disciples, we need to be more fervent in our own compassion and forgiveness and grace, but we need to be more fervent in extending a welcome and an invitation about Jesus to the world. Now think about Jesus there healing people long into the night. Can't you imagine how tired Jesus the man must have been? In his human part? And the scripture even says that after a short period of rest, he got up though the next morning and went while it was still dark to a solitary place. To do what? To pray. To pray. Look at the pattern. Worship into the world. Afterwards, return to worship for renewal. Jesus modeled to his disciples a ministry of service, a model for ministry. And he modeled the source of the strength for his ministry as worship and prayer. Jesus modeled a life of intentional worship, intentional prayer, intentional service. And just as after worship, we go into the workplace or the marketplace or the schoolyard or our neighborhoods, we, all, we go into places of need, places to serve, we still have to return to this place for renewal because we're expending of ourselves you see, meeting the needs of others. So the next day, a crowd of people gathered again, the Scripture says. And in fact, so many gathered that disciples panicked a little bit. They went looking for Jesus. They were afraid they couldn't handle this situation. And it's a really an important reminder for us that if we are disciples and we want to serve the needs of those that God draws to us, we too must seek and find the source of, of our strength and power, which is Jesus Christ. And so it makes me wonder if, if, if when mine or your day-to-day -day efforts are weak, 
then it's probably because we need to seek fresh the source of our strength. In other words, when, when things appear overwhelming to us, as it did to those disciples, we need to do as they did and seek Jesus for help. Jesus, help me. Help us. In other words, we need to return to worship, to prayer, to daily devotion and Bible reading. And this, I believe, is the third key to effective living. Strengthened in worship. Into the world, sharing the same grace that's been given to us. And in a return for renewal and strength. It's a pattern, it's a circle, if you will, that is unbroken. Now what Jesus says next I think is really interesting. And lots of times people read that and hear that and they go, well, I don't understand. It's not like Jesus is saying, we, we're not going to help these people. It's shown up. But what Jesus was doing, I believe, when he said we need to move on to new places, I believe Jesus was setting up his church. I think Jesus was telling us disciples that now it's our responsibility you see, Jesus gained his strength from prayer and worship, and, and then that power went out from him and healed and transformed many. And by his example, Jesus trained others to do the same. When we're connected to God in this way, we can do these things and even greater things, and that's exactly what Jesus told us. That's what he promised us. He said, you do greater things than these. Jesus was not abandoning these people who were there seeking. Jesus was putting into place, I believe, a model of ministry that has continued unbroken to this day called the church and those who belong to it. And through that church, Jesus knew that his wishes, his desires, his healing, his transformation would occur and would touch many, many who would be healed and saved after he returned to heaven. And so it, I believe, reminds us that if we are to be true to our discipleship, if we're to be true to being followers of Christ Jesus, then we have to follow and practice the way Jesus practiced. We need to follow his model. And first thing we need to do is gain our strength. And we gain our strength when we're together in numbers, when we're together in worship or in prayer or in Sunday school or other small groups in the name of Christ. We gain our strength there. We, we, we feed off each other. Our spirits are working in unity then. With this strength, we can go into the world, which is an obvious place of need. And we can, we can find those and, who need help. And maybe it's as simply, simply as being kind to them, showing them the face of Jesus Christ, the hands of Christ. Use whatever means that we have because we've been strengthened to do it. And in turn, those people will be blessed. And then, you've heard it before, those who are blessed, they're blessed to be a blessing. So it be, continues, you see, in an unbroken, unbroken circle. So let me, let me say it this way. When the Word is made flesh, the needy become disciples. And then the disciples become evangelists and carry Christ to them. And this is the behavior Jesus modeled at the very beginning of his ministry as our best path and how to live, I believe, effectively in the world. And this is the responsibility of all who would be called people of God. All who'd we, who would say we follow Christ. This would be our responsibility. So I asked you today, we come in upon the Lenten journey. In fact, next Sunday is Transfiguration Sunday. That's the Sunday 
where Jesus has finally left the area of Galilee and is heading to Jerusalem for his fate. And on the way, he stops at a mountain to pray, to be strengthened. And while he's there, and he takes a couple of disciples with him, and while he's there on the Mount of Transfiguration, he's transfigured in front of those witnesses, and they hear God's voice saying, listen to Jesus. And Jesus is strengthened in his journey to the cross. And it's important. And from that point on, he never turns back. He heads to his destiny at the cross. And so consequently in the Christian year, the church year, the next thing after that is we begin the Lenten journey with Ash Wednesday. And then we have the five Sundays of Lent. We have Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. Of course, the Last Supper. And so, so I asked you to reaffirm your commitment to your calling by your actions, for actions speak louder than words. Let your actions speak this most holy season we're getting ready to begin to come into. By your presence, all of us will be enriched and be strengthened by each other's spirits who are here together. So I charge you not to come to please Joseph, but to come to please Jesus. Reaffirm your commitment as a Christ follower this holy season that is beginning by your actions. As I said, actions speak louder than words. Amen. Thank you.